Ah, yes. Good evening and welcome to the Sarnia famous Halloween episode. <laughs> I asked uh, Jane James to be our initial guest tonight because she put the fear of the theater ghost in me pretty much as soon as I joined the cast of Miracle on 34th Street. Jane shares a few spooky tales with us and then goes on to tell us about her adventures in theater. In addition, uh, Devin Wales was listening to last week's episode and heard about the Halloween theme and offered to share some creepy stories too. In the process, Devin learned not only do I love spooky ghost stories, but I'm also a little bit of a spaz. I should also say the lovely and talented local artist Molly Buchanan created our very special Halloween logo. Thank you, Molly. I love it. Okay, on this show. Welcome, Jane James, Thank to you. Sarnia Famous, our very special Halloween episode. Ooh. <laughs> I, I should have worn orange, but I wore black, so I'm good. That's good. I brought my black cat, so there we go. I should have maybe well, worn a costume, but there she is. Say hello, kitty. <laughs> yeah, Hi, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> I love that. I, okay, so Jane, you and I know each other from Miracle on 34th Street, my very, very first role. You were amazing. Oh, stop. Yeah, so fun. You it was great. so much was, fun. Yes. That was yes. the best. We had you... a lot of new people then. We had a lot of new people yes. at that show, so it was great to have. It's perfect for a Christmas show, I feel like, to have new folks initiated into it. Do you remember teaching me the term, gird your loins? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I use that all the time. Oh my gosh, we were working on my that monstrous monologue, and you said, okay, you just got to gird your loins. I remember being like, you want me to do what with my loins? You can do it. You can do yeah. it. But yeah, no, that was such a wonderful experience, and I was so grateful for the opportunity. But I remember you were the first person who mentioned the theater ghost, the Imperial Theater ghost to me. And I right. remember any time I was by myself in any capacity in that theater, I would be like, eh, am I going to get well, haunted? You're, you're looking over your shoulder, <laughs> like, oh, no, we're good, we're good. I'm an yeah, adult. I'm an adult. Definitely I'm don't good. feel like an adult when I'm frightened about that kind of stuff. But yeah, can you no. tell me the, the story behind the ghost? I can tell you a little bit about it. I know I went to a movie about it. I think it was about 2009. Tony Frankis had a movie. He put it on in October. And it talks about many haunted places in the theatrical realm or creativity, I guess you might call it. Like the theater, Lawrence House, yet Victoria Playhouse, to name a few. In the theater, Brian Austin often tells about people have said to him, there's a man in a tuxedo walking on the catwalk. Well, you know, I know who that is. It's George Wood. He would never be able to let us go on. Did you ever know George Dallas? No, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. I love George. He was a good friend and a great director and actor and board member. He was great. But anyway, they say he walks here now. Oh, I got a great story about that. And then I'm going to go on. Okay. So we might need three hours, right? I am, might not I'm here for it. Whatever you need. You can edit everything out that you want to. So here's an interesting story. There used to be a fellow, I never thought of this part, I didn't look it up, I tried to look it, but he, he did he did paintings and drawings downtown, and his name is just gone out of my head. But anyway, he did a picture of George, and it was George at the Imperial, you know, just, and he there was pictures of the Lawrence House of the Library. When George passed away, we had a, a, a memorial for him, of course, we did, and we found this picture of George, and we put it in the lobby as to honor him. So anyway, someone came up, and they were looking at it, and they said Jane how old is this picture and I said oh I think it was done about five years ago and they said well, well I know because I know that fellow does that does the pictures and he hasn't done them for a while and I said that and they said well how come it says R.I.P. and I and I went, oh my gosh, it's R.I.P., rest in peace. So the Imperial, his head was blocking, and it looked like Imperial. So the R from oh. Imperial, I, and the A, the one that was capital, but the M was, so it said R.I.P., rest in peace. So I think oh, wow. George did that. I found that kind of fascinating. But there's been talk of, Brian said he thought people tapped him on the shoulder, and he learned, turned around, they weren't there. But he never was scared of them. He said they're nice ghosts. 
upstairs. They're nice. But I will not go upstairs or downstairs, like there's the, the bowels of the theater, without somebody. Very rarely. I don't want to. I just don't want to. Maybe there's ghosts. Maybe there isn't. I don't want to. But one time I had to. I had to run up and get something upstairs. The show was done. And I'm always running around like, well, you know what you're like in a show. Had to get something. I opened the door and a blast of cold air hit me. I shut the door, went downstairs, said, whatever I needed. We're not getting it. <laughs> not getting it. <laughs> no, it's not happening. The Lawrence house, they say the elevator shaft and the woman's washroom is haunted. And I went, you know, like, cuckoo, like really. But the same thing, mine must be cold and hot because I went up in the elevator and it got freezing right before I got to the woman's washroom. And it wasn't a, a cold day, but the cold and the clammy and the feeling around was really eerie. Read something else about skits that children wander the halls and go haunted. And one caretaker actually quit at skits because of what he saw. So that's about all I have of the ghost. People hear chains rattling, but for Dan White taught at skits for years and he said, I, I, I've never seen anything, but he said people are always talking about skits, which is like secondary school now. That's what I have, unless you have any specific questions about haunting. You said something about a library being haunted? I shouldn't have said the library. The Lawrence House, Victoria Place House. Oh, and okay. okay. I didn't hear specific. I might have just lumped that in because I think of the Lawrence House in the library, but it oh, was okay. just the Lawrence House, yeah. Yeah, I've never experienced anything, but I have heard that cold is very common. Yes. I watch a lot of, like, supernatural television <laughs> that more than I Do should you? maybe admit. I love it. I love ghost stuff. I love being spooked like that. And I, I definitely know the cold thing is, is a common theme. Absolutely. And if you ever read Stephen King, now talk about paranormal. Oh, he scares the living daylights out of me. I read the book The Stand one time, but my husband was working night. And every night I put the book out in the garbage and oh. then in the morning I dug it through and got it up because I did not want that book by me anyway. <laughs> I love that. Like, it's in the garbage. Nothing can hurt me while can't, I sleep. can't come out of the book and get Yeah, okay. I like that. What other superstitions do you have, be it theater-related or... Superstitions? I don't know that I have a lot of superstitions. Let me see. Any, like, there are lots of superstitions. You can't say good luck, right? At the theater, you have to say break a leg. And there's so many different theories from that one. But and one of them is just break a leg because they call the curtains at the front of the theater a leg. So you have to break the leg to go on stage, right? Oh, I didn't but, know that. Um, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's one thing. But besides that, nothing really. Now, if you ask me about baseball, if my team is winning, I don't wash their shirt. But that's baseball. That's sports. That's completely different. And as soon as they lose, I can wash it. <laughs> then it's fine. Yeah. And at the theater, working in costumes that I had sometimes, you need to wash those shirts mm. many times. Yes, there's a little little bit of sweating <laughs> yeah. that goes on. Yes, in, absolutely. In those costumes. Yeah. I remember for a miracle because I was running so much downstairs, upstairs. And I definitely, by the end of the run, it was like, okay. Okay, the, these clothes are basically a part of me now from all of the sweating that yes. I've done. You could you could leave those clothes and not get in them, and they would eventually be able to do your show, the show for you. But all right? on their own, yeah. Experiment. Like, um, have you worked on on any shows that had kind of a, a spooky element to them? I've worked on many shows, directed many, been in many. One, no real murder mysteries, though. I love murder mysteries. The only kind of plot was Arsenic and Old Lace. I directed that in two thousand and five, and actually. Holly and her mom, Holly Wenning and, and her mom, Norma, won award at a festival for the set. It was awesome. They did it all in sepia. So it was all like old fashioned. And you know, in that show, the ants kill a lot of their guests that come in. So spooky, no, more funny with that. But no, I haven't worked on too many murder mysteries. Okay, so zero. So what is oh, arsenic zero. About arsenic old lace, you know that show? I don't. Come on, I got <laughs> pictures here. I got a picture. I wonder if it'll show up on there because it, it's from Dorothy Clifton and Maureen Crichton. I can, can kind you of see. Anyway, they were and Bill Maya. That was I directed that in 2005. It was an awesome show, the classic movie. My dad used to love it. We used to watch it. It's about two lovely aunts played by Dorothy and Maureen, and they're finsters. And there's Mortimer, their nephew, has a crush on someone and he brings them over but the premise is that the ants think they're doing these men a favor because they're very lonely so they kill them oh. and then <laughs> they kill them and put them in like they stuff them in different areas of the living room and then it's a hilarious when mortimer tries to hide these bodies people start coming and getting suspicious and what eventually happens in the show it's just it's a hoot it's a, quite an old movie, but a classic. I'll have to look it up because the, the way that you're describing it, it's hard to see how it would be funny. Oh my gosh. Murdering. I know. Lady. It's terrible. <laughs> 
<laughs> I directed in 2005, and then it was done again. I believe Jay Peckham directed it in, in the 2000s. Like, we never, in the theater, we try to say you have to have five to six years between shows because some are favorites, so we do them again. My very first show I directed with an assistant director because you have to have one for your first one, Best Christmas Pageant Ever, and that was in 1999, I believe, and then I did it again in 2006. And I might be wrong on the dates of the years, but, you know, we've done them, a, and I don't want to keep going like this, here I'm looking I'm looking and then my face goes away you don't want that <laughs> so I, I just to tell you some one other little thing before I go on about your first show you need to have an assistant director but you also need before I don't believe this has changed you need to direct a show for mini fest I actually picked a London mini fest which was very ambitious for myself that was in 1998 or 99 and it was called laundry and bourbon Holly Wenning was in it Maureen Crichton and Megan Hobbs, Megan had big, big names in the theater. And it was one of my favorite. People still come up to me and talk to me about that show. It was a one-act show. It's called Laundry and Bourbon. And we actually didn't get any prizes for it at our mini fest. So I think they, I didn't understand that. I thought we should have won everything, but we did. They must have had something wrong with them. Anyways, Obviously. it was a great, great show about women and cat fights. And it was in the year 2000, actually, that I did that. So you do that first. Sarnia has their own mini one act a night. So that's when we get a lot of the directors in, the new time directors, and they do that show there. But I actually did mine in London. Oh my God, Dallas, we went. One of the fun things is going away with your friends and having a great time on stage and then going and celebrating after. So so with a festival like that, say in London, would it be a one night trip? Uh, yes, it was, it was one night. And actually what happened? Because George Wood encouraged me to, so I found the festival. So we did it. But it was mostly like a young teen or not just young teen, but teen festival so they were thinking we were seasoned right it was my first show but Kelly Hendere was the runner of that mini fest in London he's quite a talented man and it was fun uh, I'm actually involved in it a little bit now before pandemic they would put the shows on and then I would do a little critique of each of them and just to keep my hand in it right because god forbid I should have nothing to do kind of have anyway. something theater oriented yeah that's right so that was that's just a little bit about how if you ever wanted to direct with a theater there's certain steps to take that thought absolutely terrifies me so that might be a down the road kind of scenario anything off of the stage terrifies me stage is that right oh absolutely it just seems like so much more responsibility and so much more pressure and it's not a skill set that i have either the boss and people around in that oh, i don't see, know i'm the opposite to you i love directing i didn't know if i would i just thought i'll try it and then as soon as i sat down i knew it was for me but i'm terrified on stage right i'll go of course my first love is musical theater because i started with Polly Glee club in 1991 i think and that's my first love but i'm more of a but I'm still nervous. I'm nervous on stage, but I, I'm not nervous directing. I love directing kids, too. I could see that. I could see them being more of a challenge too i remember with miracle there were a lot of kids involved in that show and there were a lot of interactions between them and it must have been really exciting to be involved in community theater for some of them did you did yeah. you find it challenging with that many that many kids or it's just what i had to do and i've been i was head of the youth group in the theater for years right i started in 2005 but i've always i taught sunday school i coached baseball i taught drama at schools I've always loved being involved with the kids so to say is it a challenge always a challenge but with that though I tried to gather because after all these years in the theater you know who you like to work with who's good to work with you and I tried to assign different people I say okay I, I can't take on this I know what I know the limitations you can't direct everyone if you want to really fine-tune show so you'll get different people to help Marianne Hucker helped with some of the kids I think Holly helped me maybe Kelly Graham helped but different people tried to get emotions tried to 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 help me with the kids because I couldn't concentrate you know first of all you got to get the leads and then right but the but one of the main things I learned by going to you go to a different workshop is your supporting cast is every bit as important as your main every bit you know nothing better than having a beautiful supporting cast so you just mentioned workshops what kinds of workshops have you enjoyed we sponsored a few in the theater makeup workshop was one which is not so much um on stage it's still creating so we had a makeup workshop where we made someone old look young 
or someone young look old. There's been acting workshops. John LaRue had a acting workshop. Richard Howard was ahead of that. He's amazing. He had his little dog in his hand. That's so, so cute. Little dog in the hand. And it was great. You have to let yourself go. You have to be able to say, okay, let's let the spiritualness of this. You have to get rid of your inhibitions. See, kids, a lot of times, if you can get them before they have their inhibitions, you can get beauty out of them, right? Because once they get to be older, as we do, we have these things. We shouldn't be doing this. We can't be showing our emotions. We put the director's workshop, movement workshops I've been at, directors, actors, makeup. I think that might be it. You know about what WODL in Theatre Ontario, right, Dallas? You know all about that. I do not. <laughs> well, then, am I talking too much? No, please. I, uh, I, I'm... I'm, I'm here for it, Jane. Teach me everything. I Even back home in Alberta, I have had no clue about theater stuff. So Ontario is even more foreign to me and it, it all fascinates me. So please feel yeah. free. Well, as you know, everything's on hold, but we have WODL. It's Western Ontario Drama League. So I've been in, as they say in the theater, I'm going to say this because I want to say it. I've always wanted to say this. In 1997, I was in a show called Opening Night with George Wood, Richard Poor directed and was in it. Caitlin Murphy was in it. Julie Ryan, who's Julie McCarthy now, Jimmy Poor. Anyway, it was the very first show that opened at the new Imperial Theatre. And I was so proud. And it was my very first show with a theatre. I'd never done, I'd done musical with Polly Sark. So I wanted to say that. And then that's okay. So I've always wanted to say that. I said, one day I'll be able to say that. And I'm saying it now. <laughs> and now I forget what else we're talking about. Because I'm, uh, oh, W-O-D-L. Yes. Oh, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Back. So WODL, Western Ontario Drama League, is different shows throughout Southwestern Ontario. They will submit their show and their show will be judged. And let's say in the old days, you would get maybe 13, 14 shows and only five or six would go on. So you, they would vote. Adjudicator, the same adjudicator would come to each show, score it, and then pick like Academy Awards of who was best actor, best best um, set design, best working crew, and best show. So of those 13, five would go on. So they would pick a date, and it's called WODL. And the, one of the theaters throughout Southwestern Ontario would host it. Theater Sarnia being one of them. Then you would have the winner of that one, you'd have a different adjudicator who come, and they would judge the best show of those five. And the winner of that would go on to Theater Ontario, and then you would have places from all over Ontario going and compete for the winner of that. And I guess they used to have Theatre Canada. I don't know. It might have been Canada because it was before my time, but it was too hard because you had to save your show. So we put, usually we'll put on our Theatre WODL show on in February. That's when, and, and you can get away with a little bit more edgier stuff with that. The audience wants to laugh. They want to tap their feet. They don't want to have to think too much. Sometimes that's why they're going out. Sometimes they do. So we would do our edgier stuff generally at that show. But what we would do if we made it into WOGL, we'd go to, let's say, go to London or or you go to Owen Sound, different places. And we would stay there the whole week, watch all the shows, put our show on. And then they'd have a big party on the Saturday night where they give all the awards out to the best actor from there, the best actress. And we'd all party and, and dance to save a horse, ride a cowboy or something like that. They would tape it and then they'd send it. And then you'd say, well, I'm never doing that again. Never again. So, <laughs> no, and then you do it again. Theatre Sarnia was a great one to host it because of our beautiful theatre. Mm. So uh, it was always a thrill. Lots, lots of work. We even had little grab bags. We had a hospitality room. It was a wonderful time. We really do have a beautiful theatre and I'm excited to see all the renovations. And it sounds yes. like we'll be able to do that soon. Though. Is it Broadway Through the Ages? Yes. Is indoor? I can't wait to see it. And then they've got a playbill in December, Holly, and I'm stage managing for a show that she's doing it's not i don't believe they have settled completely on a title but it's christmas on broadway theme and it's going to be december 10th 11th and 12th so they're starting and i think they're doing a show that was ready to go box on the fairway i think fairway, next yeah. year so they've got that they're getting going doing all the proper protocol for this crazy time as well it definitely hasn't been easy for the theater, I'm sure. With all but of what about the 50-50? I know, isn't oh it How lucky, how blessed were we that people of Sarnia supported this and outlying areas. It, it's so wonderful. And now all this, instead of maybe having to close your doors, I don't know if they ever got that far, but it must have crossed your mind to being able to do the renovations. That's a blessing. So initially what what brought you into theater what inspired you to get involved in in theater in general well i was born on a warm day august 5th 1953 <laughs> oh do you want me to go that long hey back? 
I am here for it, Jane. Whatever you want to share with me, I am a rapt audience. Anyway, I always like to sing, and I love stories. And I think stories start you on the way to being creative. Maybe not. Maybe I'm putting too much into it. But I was in a couple of shows in high school. Then I started with Polisar Glicop, incredibly fun. And I love to get up on stage. And, and then as I get more into it, happiness and joy and thoughtfulness that it can give to so many people, right? And to get it from them too. One of my favorite things to do, there's a group of five of us girls when we were younger. I think we started when we were about 38 and we went to New York almost every year and saw shows, right? Here, I got a story. Can I tell you a story yes, about please. that? So we were in New York and we were at the concierge and we said, what's a good show to go see? We ordered quite a few, but we wanted to see if we can pick up a, a cheaper one, right? So they said, oh, here's the one that just came out. It's going to be a big, big thing. We can get you like front row seats or close for $65 US. And this wow. was on Broadway. Guess what show it was? Hamilton. <laughs> she just about choked on my drink. Oh my goodness. And guess what we said? No thanks. Ah! We didn't. <laughs> Even worse? No. What, what's it about? No, we don't think so. Doesn't sound like it's any good. <laughs> oh my god. We oh, we no. talk about that all the time now. Oh, oh how could wow. we? Just a story. And again, I forget the original question. We we started on warm sunny day in nineteen. 19- oh, oh, how I got interested. <laughs> so. Um, but I've always liked it. Polysar Glee Club. I, I, I played baseball with a girl, Donna Ayer, and her husband Ken Ayer ran Polysar Glee Club. And she's oh, just come on out and and sing. And I said, oh, okay. So I went and knew no one. And that was how it started. 1991, I think it was. My first show, would you like to hear uh, my line that I had in yes, it? Yes, please. It was Carousel. Some night, I knew my brother was there that night. And somebody was standing in front of me when I was supposed to be saying my line. Well, that will never do. So I parted the seas and I said, <laughs> Tell me, Carrie, how long you been bespoke? And I said as loud as I could, and people were kind of stumbling around, but I got my line out. And so that was my first line. And we did lots of shows with them. And then I decided, oh, you know, I'd really like to get into the acting part of it, too. And that's when I went out for opening night. And we, we uh, rehearsed and we auditioned at the Campbell Street place. Now, mind you, that is this one scary place. But I got to say, I've been there many times painting sets. And I've been there by myself because lots of times when you have to go and open up. And I've been in the basement, which is really dark and dungeon. And I've never felt any uncomfort there. Which you know, I'm sure there's lots. The Theater Sarnia owns the, a building on Campbell Street. Okay. That's where we always, when we performed at the library, when I say we, I can, I guess, but I never performed at the library. I never started until they bought the did the theater, the Imperial. But I did rehearse many times at, at Campbell Street. It's a big place, got a stage. It's got an upstairs with rehearsals. It's got downstairs with storage. We store a lot of our sets. We make a lot of our sets there now. Are you familiar with it, Dallas? Campbell I, Street? I got to go there once. Um, I went with okay. Ron. Must have been for Miracle then because I remember going and it was late at night and it's a huge place. We must have just been dropping stuff off. And I actually had a scary run-in because I, I was wandering off when I probably should have been helping my colleagues pack stuff into the theater. <laughs> but I wandered off and there was a coffin in a corner and I just about pooped my pants because <laughs> I turned this corner and here's this coffin and Ron came tootling after me like where is this kid gone and uh-huh. found me and, and turned on the light and it wasn't nearly as scary as it appeared but so yeah I've been there once. Bill Allingham he passed away this year wonderful fabulous that guy and he made that coffin that you of which you speak and he made it for Arsenic and Old Lace I believe he made it for the one that Jay directed because that was the more recent one he Bill made that coffin for for that. That's really funny. That brings the, yeah. the interview into full circle a little bit that I found this coffin that just happened to be in one of the shows that you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. What prompted, like, I, I remember the, the Imperial Theatre used to be, was it the Capitol Theatre? Yes, Capitol Theatre. So the Theatre Sarnia was operating out of the Campbell Street Theatre. And then what prompted the change from Capitol to Imperial and from Campbell over to the Imperial. I was not involved, but I can oh. tell you some background is that a group of very dedicated people, Ken Poor was one, Donna Barraker, Tony Hughes, George Wood, 
Clarice Hunt also, and there was many more people, and if they come to me, I will say, that had a vision. Their vision was to buy the capital and to uh, make it what it is today. Once we did opening night, that was our first night there. They did this, lots of help. The reason it's called Imperial is Imperial was the main sponsor of it. Imperial Oil, they were the main, so they changed it to Imperial, but they tried to get the structure and the feel of the original theater. They only had the theater for a while, then they bought the building next door and called it Ron Lawton. Ron Lawton was another they, Ron and Steve, two of us owned Grace Brothers, and they were very big supporters of the theater. Not that they were the only ones, they're the ones that are coming to mind right now. So that's how it came to be. The theater was given an interest-free loan by the city, really worked hard, had some lean times. I was a treasurer for the board of directors many years and president one year. At first, it was such a new game. We tried so hard. I was on the board in the early years, and we... You know, we have to work hard, make mistakes, get it right, right? And I think they've got it right now. You always have to keep moving. You can't stay still if you want this to be a viable thing. And I believe the first intention, a place where Theatre Sarnia, which owns the Imperial, a place where they could put on their place. And it turned into that, plus so much more. Like all the group carries shows and Blue Water Production used to be there. All the local groups do it. And plus, now of course, we have bringing in all kinds of big names, right? So there's it's grown so big. And we took chances, right? For a while. And sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't. But the more and longer you do it, the more proficient you get and I was right there when Brian Austin was first hired and I thought oh this young man is wonderful and he's going places. What another really good thing about being in shows and being in the theater I really like chicken wings <laughs> almost every time we rehearsed we go out for chicken wings and beer so I really liked it for that too. A good excuse for chicken wings and beer. <laughs> I think anytime it's a good excuse for chicken I'm a sucker for chicken wings too. Can't and it, they're so messed, Dallas. Like really, you have stuff all over your face and your hands. That's Just need right. A wet you're wipe right. Wipe or two, and you're good to go. Yeah, very satisfying to have a good show on a good set. I mean, every aspect. I'm more of a um, just a director. Like there's some directors out there that are awesome in every bit. They're awesome in costumes. They're awesome, and they have such a great vision. I have a good vision, I think, of my characters. I love my character. And they said, well, Jane, what do you want for costumes? I said, well, where's the costume person? <laughs> That's their vision. My vision is I know. And of course, I have to, you know, if something just doesn't seem right at all. I'll say, no, I, I don't think that's what I want. I want it in this period or that period. But my vision is more in the acting alone. And I'd like to have the best people, surround myself with the best people, because that makes the best show. When you audition, if you can find that little thing in them that you see this fire that bring it on stage, even if they're new, it's nice to get them. A lot of directors think they can develop it. And, and sometimes you fall into a trap because you can't, but you try. I believe that about you though, because I remember the audition that I did and I had practiced the characters that I tried out for in a certain way and I practiced and practiced and practiced and then little things that you had said about my character about Sawyer that completely morphed it in my head and it just became a totally different character and suddenly it, it fell into place and even when you and I worked one-on-one -on, -one on that monologue like my goodness on paper that monologue doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of pizzazz to it but you had such a vision for it and you were able to guide me in into making it into something. So I definitely benefited from your way with character. Thank you, Dallas. That's very nice of you to say. I had good, you were a good person to work with, though. You, you can almost see that in an actor, you know, where you have to stop and where you, I've dealt with sometimes I'll say, well, just imagine such and such and you can see them. And sometimes I can see a tear, like I can see, oh, they're getting upset. So I'll say, okay, I would like to give you a really good excuse, but then the person might be watching and realize it was them. And I don't want that, right? But there are times you have to actually tell them you can't you can't leave it to them to try to come up with on their own and, and lots of times they come up with great things on their own completely different than I had even thought of and I say great we're using that one because it's better than what I thought so you've got to be able to move and but then you've got to be able to say to yourself okay now I can't change it anymore or the actors will all come and kill me <laughs> 
just in your sleep one night. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, it's they, coming. Say, no, we're not Enough changing things, Jane. Yeah. <laughs> we're going on tomorrow night. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's terror-inducing right there. So what, what would be your dream show to direct? Well, I've always wanted to direct a show. Again, you think of your roots in... One show I always like, and it's an old-fashioned show, so it's probably never going to happen. It's My Fair Lady. I love the music in it. I love the characters. There's a little bit of humor. But that would be a show. And I've never directed a musical. I have to have a really good musical director, of course, but I've not done it. But that would be something that before I pass on to the next world... I would like to direct a musical, and that would be one I think would be kind of fun. I'm surprised to hear you say that you don't think that My Fair Lady would be... The classic, classic musicals seem to be so popular in Sarnia, and to me, that's a major classic. It is a major classic. I I talked years ago, we discussed it. It's a big, big production, too. Like, the costumes are number one. You need... But we have a great costume department, right? We really do. So, you know, maybe someday. I think that would be thrilling. I hope you get that chance, Jane, and I hope I'm involved in some way, because that sounds lovely. I cannot sing at all, but uh, I'm going to have to take some lessons or something, because... You might be surprised, Alice. (laughs) I don't don't know. My cats howl at me when I try to sing, so I figure that's kind (laughs) of a clue right there. They're like, no! They're singing along with you. No, it doesn't seem that way. It's like they're they're like, Mom, please stop the pain. <laughs> Another musical that Theater Sarnia did that was amazing. Oh my gosh, I even shouldn't I even shouldn't say that because they're all amazing now. Like they're all amazing. It's to me the theater is more than amateur. It is way above it above it. It's just so wonderful. But one of the first ones I guess that I was really involved was Chicago in two thousand and five. It was so fantastic. And George Wood, my friend, and the person I've been talking about a bit, he was the director of that show. And he died just before it went on. Um, and he had he had cancer. And Rich, Richard Poor and I, because I directed, I was stage managing that show. And we kind of took it over, Richard and I. And I can remember Richard hanging light. Oh, yeah. That was another thing I was talking about, uh, haunting. So I'll get back to that. So he was hanging light on the catwalk the night before the show. It was unbelievable. What a, It was a beautiful show, but what a sad time. But I did have a hand in sort of not really directing. I won't say that. He did the directing, but it gave me maybe some experience of, you know, the thing, if something goes wrong, what would you do? Well, nothing could have gone more wrong than what went no wrong with kidding. that. So. That would be but, awful because you're trying to deal with grief and also yeah, yeah. getting a show. Would, but the catwalk is amazing. Like, that's where they see a lot of ghosts at the theater. So there's a catwalk. It's above. It's right at the top. And when if you have to go, it went along the sides of the theater. And then you went up some stairs. And then you had to bend over because it was only about four feet at the most. And they used to have to change the lights hang the lights for the show right so it was a big job i know i don't believe they do that now because i've been involved and but you know they, they, it's all electronic and technical and maybe sometimes if something's wrong they can't figure it out they have to go up there but that catwalk was where a lot of ghosts were seen in the theater because when you go up there you think you're going to die anyway because you're going to fall off and kill yourself it's so high and it's so probably not dangerous you had to be 16 or older to go on that, I believe. It was safe. You had to safeguard yourself, right? Yeah. So So I wonder if with that potentially putting yourself in grave danger, if you suspend your disbelief of things like ghosts or maybe there's the veil between this world and the next world becomes a little thinner because you're not quite as your your loins aren't girded in the way that they <laughs> normally would be yeah. when you're up on the catwalk, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I like it. I think that you've got it right on, Dallas. I think I watch too much TV is actually what's going on there. (laughs) Yeah, it will be nice to see things get back a little more to normal. I know the youth group used to do a haunted house in the theater. Uh, I think we had it once or twice. We were rehearsing next door at Bayside Mall. They've had a a few things on Halloween there. So they used to have like a haunted house in the theater type thing? I think the kids with the youth group did it, but they did it inside the theater right it was part of we rented the space i don't know if they ever did it in the theater they could have but i wouldn't want to say for sure because i'm not positive that would sure be fun though too bad we didn't have one of those fact finders that they have when trump talks you know (laughs) fact finder 
That's oh, what I need. No, no, she's wrong. I need somebody nope, on the nope. on the Sarnia <laughs> famous payroll that yeah. I keep telling people they can be on my payroll and be part of the team, but they only get paid in hugs because that's all we got over here. And even virtual ones, but yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> just kind of like awkwardly yeah. like this. That's all you get. Yeah. The yeah. Well, is there? I, we've already almost been chatting for an hour. It's flown by. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Is there any other stories that you want to share? Um, let me see. If you I have, have a little anything. box or something. Oh, what I have is like I have little... notes. What I have is all my shows here. Oh, I love that that you dug those all I've, I've, I've got everything here. Oh, all the cool. pictures. Oh, here's a fun story. Okay. Sylvia. This is this is about a show I loved. It. Sylvia was a dog, and she was played by Julie Cushman. And this man loved his dog, Sylvia. But dog used to get very excited sometimes, right? Sometimes he used not very nice language, right? Like, oh. that was in the script. And I even took, Dallas, I took the script, and there was a bad, bad language part of it. And then there was a, use this if you think it's too bad. And I used that, and I, we still got letters about the bad language. Really? In this. But, but, you know, I did love this show. I had a friend, Bob Kennedy, and he had a dog. He said, you know, Jane, my dog would never talk like that. <laughs> And uh, it was a great show. And the set, this is the only time I, I had this set. I loved it. I saw it on, someone had done it in the States sometime. And it was just a whole bunch of kind of cartoony buildings. But it, it was a really a neat set. We used to do, I, I guess we still do, but for the most part, it's more minimalistic sets now where we have, and we have green screen, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so easy to make a background. Before, we used to have to hammer and nail everything and paint. We still do a lot, but we go toward the minimalistic sets. But this set was my pride and joy. Bob Kennedy, actually, that's why I thought of He designed it, but... I feel like if that play was featuring a cat, the language would be much worse. I don't know if you can hear <laughs> my oldest. He is outside of the office door howling because he can't stand... And if I were to go and open the door right now, he would just look at me and walk away. Yeah, he turn, doesn't turn care about being up. in here, but I'm pretty sure the language, if it if it were translated into English, it would be pretty colorful. Yeah, say. yeah, you're probably that's a good point. You're probably right. The dog would just get very excited. You know how when dogs start getting excited and jumping all around, and I okay, I won't say it, but different things. So. <laughs> we'll leave it to the imagination. <laughs> we will. I think that's best. Well, I won't take any more of your Sunday. I am so grateful that we were able to coordinate and make time for each other, and, and this yeah. was so much fun. I'm glad that you were game to have a, a special little spooky episode and if you think of anything else that you want me to add to it or investigate or look into please please let me know okay thank you dallas and thank you for doing this oh, it's it was pleasure. it was fun it was lots of fun and hopefully we'll be on stage again someday i hope so i really hope so happy thanksgiving same to you bye to your kitty cat hello devin wales hello Welcome hello back but before your official episode, <laughs> Devin was listening to, was it Emily's episode, I believe? And yes. I mentioned Halloween. And uh, you sent me a super creepy photo, which I will share on the Instagram page. And then you let me know you had some scary stories. And I am always game for scary stories, especially if they're ghost-oriented. So please. Yeah, I mean, the Imperial Theatre, like, everyone is always talking about how haunted it is and everything. And I've done a lot of shows there and worked on a lot of shows. So I've had a lot of experience being there alone or nearly alone. I guess some of the first stories I can think of was before I really did much. My mom and my brother were working on a show in 2005 or 2006, one of the two but Brighton Beach Memoirs. My mom was helping with the set and she went to the, I think it was either she went into the prop room, which used to be between the studio and the workshop, or she went into the basement under the workshop. It was one of the two, but she was down there and she heard people talking at the top of the steps and she's like, oh, there's people here. She just kept working. And then suddenly boxes just started tumbling down the stairs and she was like, hello, like I'm down here. Like, uh, do you need help? And there was no answer. So she peeked her head around the corner. There was no one up the stairs. Oh and then gosh. she, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then she uh, was watching and being like, hello. And another box just fell right down the stairs as she was watching. So that was her little story there. But we also have pictures from that day when we were building the set. I popped in and one of the pictures is just from the balcony of the set. And then immediately they took another picture just to make sure it wasn't blurry or whatever. And in the second picture, there's someone running across the front of the stage. Oh <laughs> it looks like someone maybe in jeans but definitely in a white shirt i have no idea where this picture is now
now. But anyway, they're just like no one and then running in the middle of dead center, middle of the stage, just running across. <laughs> yeah, it was it's wonderful. I love it though. That picture I sent you though was from a Queen concert. Like they did Queen like tribute concert with a bunch of kids. I was in grade nine. So 2007, and I like I love technical theater. I would always help out building sets and like with lights as much as I can. And so I played hooky from school, and I <laughs> went to help I went to help Brian with lights that day because I was really getting into lights and technical theater at that point. And we were up in the catwalk above the house, and uh, I was just sitting there. He's like, "Oh, I have to go get something," and he went downstairs, and I was just kind of sitting up there for what felt like forever, just alone. And when you're up on that catwalk. You just have two doors on either end, and you're constantly just looking back and forth, thinking you're someone's going to walk past. Like, it's terrifying to be there alone. So then Brian comes back up, and he's like, were you just downstairs? Oh my god, oh my god. I'm like, nope. no, I was not. Sure wasn't. I have not left this place because I'm terrified. <laughs> uh, and he's like, okay, come with me. So we went down to the bottom of the staircase for the balcony, and he was like, this door just shut. And I saw someone closing it. And when we were walking around, he was like, feel this. The air was freezing. Absolutely freezing. That was... (laughs) I still remember it to this day. And, like, I still get freaked out when I'm walking in that area. Yeah. It's terrifying. There's one story my brother told me. The dressing room right off of the uh, green room downstairs. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's usually the men's dressing room. My brother was standing in that big mirror looking, fixing something for some show. And he saw a little girl walk behind him. And he was like, oh, hi. Hi, like who who do you know and she didn't say anything and he's like okay <laughs> and then he tr- he turned around to be like whose little girl is this and she was not there what is it about kids that just are <laughs> it amplifies the creepy so much more when it's children. i know <laughs> this one's not really so much like a one-time experience story but often when i'm doing a show I, again we'll go in during the day help with lights and i always get volunteered to be the person to go on stage and walk the path of the actor to find the lighting and everything like that it is my least favorite thing in the entire world because you have an entire empty house in front of you but then the entire empty backstage and what i don't like about it is you'd think you'd feel like eyes watching you from front of house but it's always you feel like Ooh. people are watching you from from around you in the wings between the curtains like you just feel like people are watching you the whole time i suppose it makes it's absolutely terrifying because if an entity were to haunt a theater Mm -hmm. you would think they would more likely be someone who was affiliated or or acted or participated in the theater as opposed to an audience member so that actually that makes a lot of sense to me that it would be that you're sensing people around you. Oh, I got the heebies. Okay, yeah. keep going. <laughs> There's always been, like, rumors of the screaming lady. Oh, screaming lady. Jeez, Kate. <laughs> I don't think I've ever experienced it. I thought I had once. But if you're alone in the theater or with very few people, and it's, like, really, really, really late at night, you just hear someone screaming off in the distance. Of course. And it's terrifying. Uh-huh. I have two more stories. Now, okay. like, now that I'm saying them, I keep thinking yes, of please. them. This one actually just happened in the summer. Jackie Burns and I, we had rehearsals for the summer concert series upstairs and (laughs) when we were up there we would it happened a couple times we didn't really think anything of it we would be rehearsing it'd be near the end it would just be the two of us and then a bag would fall over and we're like okay it's been sitting there for three hours weird that it fell over now but Mm -hmm. whatever it's Mm -hmm. fine then the one day we had shut off all the lights i didn't want to leave jackie to close up alone so we're standing there i'm standing in the the big studio looking down the hall into like the costume studio and at the end of the hall there's a, a red exit sign and I thought I saw someone walk past the exit sign. And I didn't really say anything to Jackie. And I was like, it's probably nothing. It's probably just your eyes playing tricks. So we get downstairs, we lock up. And I just turn to her and I go, I think we have to go back upstairs. I thought I saw someone walk past the exit sign. I don't know if it's like a person. Or a ghost. <laughs> so we went back up. We scoured the entire place as quickly as we could. We saw absolutely nothing and then as we were shutting off all the lights and everything again and like standing in the other studio we're just standing there in the dark looking down at the exit sign like please please don't do anything please 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 and we just booked it out we left (laughs) we didn't see anything with that one Oh, now the last one. <laughs> uh, I was in uh, Annie Warbucks, the sequel, and we were having a random rehearsal on stage. We were nowhere near show week, but we were on stage. And all of a sudden, a bunch of the young girls just started bawling their eyes out. 
and crying and crying. We're all like, what is going, why are you crying? What's happening? And like, they're pointing up to the balcony and like, crying and, and we're like, what's going on? They're like, we saw a man up there. There's a man up there. And so we had to lock down the entire theater. No one could leave the stage. We were all there. Like the adults were running around the theater trying to find this man. Turns out it's just a homeless person. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> So that's one of my favorites. I mean, the homeless enjoy theater too, I guess. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to maybe say homeless. He could have a home. He just had nowhere else to be at that point. <laughs> but I mean, up in that spotlight box, constantly, you think you see people up there. Like when you're on stage acting, you're like, is that a person or is that not a person? Or not, was it a person? Uh, I've never felt that way before. But of course, now it's going to be like all the time. <laughs> thinking that you like you always hear little taps and like bangs on metal when you're just standing in the stage like alone or like with other people and you don't think of it when you're with other people because you're like oh people are walking around it's when you're standing there alone that you're like there's no one there it's just me <laughs> yeah. but you've never had any experiences uh, at the theater uh, yeah. no this is the reason why i wanted to interview jane for the halloween episode because right away being as green that i was with the theater that was one of the mm -hmm. very first things that she told me it's like mm -hmm. do not be alone anywhere in mm -hmm. this theater because it's haunted like what a what a way to introduce someone and so there were a few times that i i might have needed to be say on, in the basement or anything like mm -hmm. that and what i would do is like run screaming so that <laughs> like if a ghost like i don't know i thought maybe i would startle the ghost like <laughs> here's this human like running through the basement and then the ghost would be like she's got big enough problems i don't think we need to haunt her and that was it uh the, the things that jade and i talked about i remember she mentioned the catwalk and mm -hmm. how absolutely everybody is scared of the catwalk and we talked about that maybe something about the veil between this life and the next is thinner mm -hmm. up there and perhaps oh, that's maybe. why people are especially scared of that area yeah like maybe that's I, the portal where all the ghosts come out of i could walk. see that i mean i hate whenever you're painting a set and they're like oh yeah go just go wash the uh the paintbrushes down on the paint wash and it's like okay great so you want me to go through the workshop alone down a creepy set of stairs alone into a basement full of old old furniture <laughs> can't wait sounds like a no <laughs> <laughs> pass hard pass <laughs> There was something else. Oh, uh, I have notes here. George Wood. So yeah. um, I never had the pleasure, but Jane is pretty sure that George Wood, his ghost in a tuxedo, mm -hmm. haunts the Imperial. I think it was something to do with the fact that he needed to be there whenever there was a new show or whenever it went mm -hmm. on stage. Mm -hmm. Do you know anything about that? My brother, his, his mentor was George. George oh. was fantastic. He, yeah, it's just such a a fun person to be around. I'm sure you've seen his picture. It's uh, in the lobby. I probably have, yeah. Yeah, it's a really, really, really pretty watercolor painting in there. I've never had the privilege of seeing George at the theater, but I could definitely see him going to every opening or anything like that. I know he was involved with Chicago, and that is when he passed away. It was when Chicago was opening, and it was like a sold-out run. It was, yeah, he was fantastic. But yeah, I've never I've never seen George. But I know often if you hear a sound or something like that, if you're in the right company, they'll be like, oh, George. Well, it's, a, it's a benign <laughs> spirit that's... Yeah. That, that's actually kind of nice. The, the creepy crawlies just kind of went away when we were talking yeah. about that, which I appreciate. So next time you hear the screaming lady, just, oh, George. That, that was what I was just going to ask you. I was like, well, like, I guess it could be George, like, I'm going to play a trick on everybody and scream like a lady. But then I was going to ask you if you have any theories on who uh, the screaming lady is. I don't have theories on the screaming lady. I know uh, the picture that I sent you of two, the two girls in the orchestra pit, there's, like, as far as I know, nobody's died in the theater. That's all rumor. It's all myth. But there was a rumor when I was younger that someone was crushed by a girder when they were putting in the orchestra pit and like he was a clown in his side gig and that picture does very much look like a clown but that's that story other than that i i have no theories on where any of these ghosts come from but i do like the idea of one of them being george because it just makes things feel so much better i'm trying to think if i can remember anyone else's stories like i don't want to tell their tales but they don't have time so uh, <laughs> i know actually of all people I know Brian often doesn't talk much about the ghost stories. 
It's like he doesn't really, as far as I know, he doesn't really believe them, except for the one time that he was like, come feel the air, that's frigid. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, at the same time, that could just be him trying to protect his baby. Well, and if you have to spend a a lot of time in a haunted space, wouldn't Mm -hmm. you kind of find a way to either be like, eh, no big deal, or, you know, never talk about it. Uh, If you talk about it, it makes it more real. I think I I would. Like, I've worked in two venues where people have actually died and like not the imperial and there was one uh right before covid hit i was at a hundred year old schoolhouse they turned into a theater when i came in in the day in the morning we had electric candles on the stage and always two or three would be lit and then i had to go up a ladder into the attic to turn on all the lighting boards and everything like that and it is just the most terrifying thing one day i'll show you the video of that and then the other one the huron country playhouse the opening night of beauty and the beast i want to say like 20 years ago uh, the man who played bell's father had a heart attack on stage oh, on opening night <gasps> so there's rumors oh. that he's still there as well at the library that I work in, uh, one of the gals that I work with was telling me that ghost tours are really popular in these parts. And she gave me some information. This is how much of a chicken I am. She gave me a bunch of like printouts and stuff so that I could go to them because I genuinely want to go to them. I haven't yes. read them. <laughs> <laughs> to even like read the pages and my husband gets home on Wednesday and I'm gonna have him read them so that you know he can Get protect me from the paper <laughs> but have you been on any any ghost official ghost tours around uh here? not not around here no I went to a few in the UK because like I mean that place is old <laughs> I mean Canada's equally as old they just the the ghosts there seem to be more active <laughs> that's all maybe it's all the Canadian politeness the the ghosts are like oh I don't want to bother anybody <laughs> it's okay Pardon I mean me? and they, I think the other thing over there is all of the buildings that these people have lived in for the past a thousand years are still there mm-hmm. whereas in Canada we just tear everything down that's another strategy to avoid ghosts like oh <laughs> I've heard that doesn't help with all the renovations they're doing at the theater I'm very curious to know if there's been anything happening right now holy crap that would be interesting to know see this is why i wish i would have started this sooner i didn't know there would be like i knew there would be stories but i didn't know there would be like a month-long saga of investigation but you could have done spooky season like right dang it yeah (laughs) i okay so like you as you can see i can see what's behind me yes and i still i I still want to be like (laughs) <laughs> just to make sure there's nothing behind me because I have this You don't want to do that, though, because, like, what if I can't see them, but then you turn around and you can? Uh, will you please call someone <laughs> if I turn back and I'm like, there's a ghost in my ass. Like, please call. I don't know. Who, who am I going to call? The Ghostbusters, obviously. <laughs> I led you right up to that. I'm so happy you took the swing. Thank you. <laughs> Nailed it. If you think of anything else, please tell me. And like, we don't necessarily, I don't have to steal more of your time to record anything, but I'll just, I'll send a voice clip or something. If I think of anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, just like type it in a messenger, but if you can send me a voice clip, awesome. No guarantees (laughs) that I will figure out how to incorporate it into this whole thing. But I do really appreciate that idea. What was that? That's my dog. Okay. Woo. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day now Thank that you're you. scared. <laughs> I'm like so Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Well, that's all for today. Tune in next time. Ah, 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 ah.